On this episode of The Bourbon Hunters, Dude and Brett pop open four different rebel bourbons and discuss their recent trip to Bardstown and their most recent tour and tasting at Luxro Distillery. But before we get started, let me tell you a little bit about our sponsor, Unicorn Nation Apparel. Magical apparel for magical people. Go to their website at www.unicornnationapparel.com or check out the link in our bio for some awesome Bourbon Hunters exclusive bourbon shirts provided by Unicorn Nation Apparel. Thank you for taking time out of your day to join us on our hunt for great bourbon. Reward yourself and sit back, grab a pour, kick up your feet, and enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Bourbon Hunters. I'm Blue Four. I'm joined by Brett Ryan. We are without Tyler today. We had to record a little bit early because tomorrow we are doing a barrel pick with the Mash and Drum at Middle West Spirits, and uh, we'll have more details on that as it uh, comes about. But today we are going to do a little bit of a different approach. I think we're going to taste some bourbon like we always do, but we're going to talk about our trip recently to the Bourbon Trail and our. Uh, tour and tasting of Luxro distilleries, or distillers, I should say. And uh, we'll do that as we go through the different lineup here. And uh, so what do we have in the uh, bottles today? We've got uh, Rebel Distillers Collection. This is a bourbon enthusiast pick. I think we may have even have done this on the show before. I'm not sure. Um, but it's 113 proof. Uh, it's the you know newer uh, Distillers Collection series where they have people come in and do the barrel picks and stuff like that. Uh, from Lux Row. Uh, and then we also have, I know it's kind of um, the same thing, but it's two separate single barrels of the Rebel Yell 10 years. Uh, one is the old label, which you know says Rebel Yell, and the other one is the new one that just says Rebel, age 10 years. Uh, but they're both single barrels. Uh, they're both from uh, different years. And uh, so just kind of going to compare those. We'll finish uh, with a Rebel cask strength, which is also a newer uh, special limited edition thing. It's a single barrel as well. Yeah, and it's a single barrel. This is a selection from the Liquor Barn, and uh, we actually found this uh, right as we were fueling up uh, and uh, stopping at the Liquor Barn. was like, well, why not? And uh, found that, and also found a uh, uh, Ezra Brooks cask strength as well. So you only got the I only Rebel, got the Rebel, right? yeah. yeah. You're a big Weeder fan, aren't you? I like the Weeders, yeah. Um, I mean, it's just, it can go from week to week. There's some days where I'm really big into like the high rye mash bills. Yeah, me Sometimes too. Sometimes it's, I think a lot of it has to do with like what I've eaten that week. Well, um, and it's like, what am I too. craving? Yeah, but like I never know until I start drinking it. That's the problem. Yeah. I feel like in the winter, I go for those like high rise more because like they kind of warm you up a little bit more. Um, and I like them that, you know, that Willet Pot still. That one was delicious in the winter. I hated it in the summer. Yeah. So it it's just, I don't know, there's lots of things that can influence me with that. Right. And so for me... Um, but I'll never turn down a weeder ever. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Um, but if you haven't ca- caught on, the Rebel collection or the Rebel series from Luxro is a weeded mash bill. Um, so that just means that it is uh, at least 51% corn, but the secondary grain... Um, so primary grains corn secondary grain is wheat um i don't know the exact mash bill on these but i do know that they are is weeded it, is it undisclosed or i don't know if it's undisclosed or not i actually haven't looked it up so i'm sure if you look in uh uh bourbon breaking bourbon breaking bourbon i'm yeah. sure they'll if they have it it'll be just dis- it'll be uh displayed there so um that being said 
Um, I'm sure there's malted barley. Uh, I don't know if there's any rye. I don't think it's a four grain. I think it's just a, the three grain. So uh, while you're looking that up, I'll give a little bit of detail on um, Luxro Distillers. So Luxco uh, used to be a bottling company out of St. Louis. And they, um, I think at some point, got into the bourbon industry when they purchased a, a, a brand or two. And then uh, they were doing contract distilling. And then I think around like 2014 or so, we're told, uh, I'm pretty sure it was Beam that, that they were using, told them that they were not going to be able to keep up with that demand much longer. So in 2015, they built their own distillery, started distilling their own uh, bourbon. Um, and they started building some rickhouses. They did it in Bardstown. So it is right there by 1792. It's right there by um, Heaven Hill, Willett, uh, Bardstown, you know, uh, uh, distillery as well. Now their headquarters is St. Louis and they yeah. do the bottling in St. Louis. Is that correct? Yeah. So for right now they're bottling everything in St. Louis. So they put it in these trucks after they uh, get them out of the barrels and they send them to, um, to St. Louis to be bottled. And uh, so that was one of the things we went on a tour and uh, we'll get into this, I guess, in a minute. But, uh, you know, some of their products that they offer at Luxro, they've got the Rebel Series, as we just talked about. They've got David Nicholson. They've got uh, Davis County. They've got on site. They sell and I guess it's only in Kentucky. They sell the uh, Luxro 12, which is a combination of two single barrels uh, blended together. Um, it's amazing. It's very yeah, good. I love it. Uh, I've had two different variations of it and like them both so far. Um, they also do the Ezra Brooks uh, series. And then I think I covered all of it, right? They have the Blood Oath as well. Oh, yeah, Blood Oath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they have Blood Oath as well, um, which is a blending of different uh, bourbons, one of which is usually uh, a finished bourbon. Um, and it's unique every year. It's something different. It's a different yeah. pack, I should yeah, say. Like every it was Saturnes this year. It was Cognac last year and then rum, rum the year before. Yeah. I don't remember all the ones before that. Yeah, but, same. Um, and they always proof it down to 98.6. Yeah. Proof. Like blood temperature right. or body temperature. Yeah. Um, so again, I guess in, so 2015, they started uh, distilling their own bourbon. And starting next year, I believe they're going to start bottling the bourbon from their distillery. That's yeah. been aged there, distilled there. And if you look at anything on their labels, uh, it'll say distilled and aged in Kentucky, but it says for Luxro Distillers, so not by Luxro Distillers. And uh, starting next year, I think that's all supposed to start changing on some of their younger brands. And then obviously the Rebel 10-year won't be able to say that. Um, but the uh, you know Rebel, uh, other parts of the Rebel series might be yeah. able to start saying uh, distilled and aged in Kentucky by uh, Luxro distillers instead of four. And they're a farm to bottle, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Like the cornfields, not all of them, obviously, because they make a ton of products, but some of their cornfields are actually on site right there. And I think that's really cool. I love seeing yeah. that. And that's a trendy term. I mean, who isn't technically farm to bottle? Well, I mean, they're not sourcing their, their <laughs> corn or their grain. No, I'm sure I, some of their grains mean, no, they're like, sourcing uh, elsewhere. Everyone started at a farm, whether it's yeah, their very farm true. or not. Be a farm in Venezuela. Right. <laughs> so, um, so the Rebel Distillers collection is what we have in our bo uh, glass right now. Uh, as, as I mentioned before, this is a bourbon enthusiast pick. Um, it smells so good, too. I yeah, see you already drank yours. I already had some, <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't finished it. But uh, for me, and just like, you know, with anything, I feel like, you know, um, wheat 
centric or wheat heavy. Um, this one, you know, seems a little mellow to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a super crazy nose, but what I do get out of it is sweet. Um, I like there's not even though it's a one thirteen proof, I don't get a high ethanol on the on the nose at all. What's the Shanaz think? I had some like buttery notes on it, like butterscotch, buttery notes. Yeah, I I do get. It's like, I don't know if you can nose this, but I almost nose like a creaminess, and that's probably what that is. Yeah. And, <clears throat> you know, I already know I like this one before I drink it, because if you look at the glass, look at that, like, oily residue that it leaves. Oh, yeah. You know that's going to have a good mouthfeel. Yeah, when it's got you that, that viscosity I like. I right. love I love seeing that in a glass. And I love saying it out loud. Viscosity. <laughs> so many, so much fun, so many syllables. Yeah. What are we going to do? We're not going to have any goofy stuff said today since Tyler's not I don't here. know. I might like have to improv something and yeah. just make some dipshit comments. might have to channel our inner Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> what is Tyler doing right now? He's still working, I think. Yeah. With his foot up and... It's only 5.15, so he doesn't get off till 6.30. Um, so, all right. Yeah, what do you think of this? I'm going to go ahead and uh, take a drink of this. This is great. I have this at home. Um, the only reason I haven't opened it is I have... Had mine. With that, I had yours, <laughs> and I have another distiller's collection that was an OHLQ pick that oh, I have. That one's good, too. And then I may even have another one that's the, um, oh, I finished it. I had one that was the Visitor Center, like oh, their the own look, pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I finished that one, actually, which is why I opened my OHLQ, but it was delicious. I loved it. I think I've got four different picks. I've got two bottles of the Bourbon Enthusiast. I've got a, uh, I don't have a Luxro Center one, but I have an OHLQ. I have a Papa Joe's, and I, you know what, I think that might be it, actually. Because I was planning on getting one at the at the Luxro Center this time, but they didn't have any. Yeah, they didn't. I was surprised. So Right. And that was something else I was surprised about, too. I thought that their selection had dwindled down quite a bit. Well, and I don't know if we're, like, in between seasons no, or if the demand. No, I think we just caught them on a bad day because uh, a group that I follow on Instagram went the next day, mm-hmm. and they got Ezra 7. And they got a Rebel Distillers collection as well. So well, they ran out of Blood Oath. Well, for that day, you don't know if they yeah. ran out another stock. That's a good point. I got the Blood Oath. You didn't get it because you waited to get it till after the yeah, and because we thought we were going to get to taste it on the tour, but right. we didn't. Um, and so that brings us to the tour, I guess. Um, so w- real quick, what do you get on the on the flavor, the taste on this one? Um, It's that very um, common weeder flavor that you get. Yeah. That sweetness, vanilla, caramel. Yeah, I get the vanilla caramel um, as well. That's all that common. It's it's a very nice, easy, clean finish. There's no no Kentucky hug, no burn, nothing like that at all. No, you're right. It doesn't sit in my chest, but it does. It does finish well. Yeah, it's lasting. But it but it's not like a. I wouldn't even call it a hug. It's just you know it's there. Mm-hmm. So it's probably lighter on the finish, but it, it but it, it's a lasting lighter finish, if that makes sense. It's a one thirteen proof. What did you yeah, say? 113. Yeah, one thirteen. But it does have a nice uh, mouthfeel. The mm-hmm. butteriness that we see on the glass, you know, on the on the uh, edges of the glass, uh, that does translate into the mouthfeel for sure. Um, I do enjoy it. I mean, like I said, I, I'm a huge fan of the of the Rebel. I've always liked it. Um, you know, whether it's the one hundred, you know, we did an episode with the one hundred the distiller's collection and the rebel yell. So we've kind of done something similar to this, but now we've got the new rebel 10 and the cast strength to add to it. Plus we wanted to just talk about the experience at the distillery. So especially now that the COVID restrictions that we experienced last time we went, yes, our tour was way different yeah, this time. Yeah, for sure. So let me take one last swig of this and we'll talk about the, the tour a little bit and then pour some, the cast strength in just to, or were we going to go 10 first? I think we're going to go to our 10, do the okay. two tens and All then right. finish on the yeah, cask. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's really good. I mean, I I know that we always like to say hunt, pass, whatever, but um, every time I see a Rebel Distillers collection, I buy it. Same. The only time I didn't was when we were in the Luxro Gift Center last time. And I had just bought so much stuff already that I, yeah. I was just like, all right, I've got two or three of these at home. I just need to pass on this. That's um, why I call it a shelfer. Like, I haven't gone out of my way or stood in a line to get it. Well, but these but distillery collections, you never know when they're going to be out. Yeah. So, so I always grab one when it's on the shelf. Yeah. And to me, that's a hunt. If I know it's going to be there, I'm going to go there. I may not wait in line for it because, you know, there's enough of these around mm-hmm. that you can go, like, between Papa Joe's and in Indiana or, you know, ordering them in your clubs that you're part of. And I think even, like, Mash and Drums getting ready to do um, a release of, of both the Ezra and the Rebel. And the Bourbon Enthusiast had this one. And yeah. um, there was, I think you could get, like, two of them, was, yeah. if I remember I as well. I bought two, yeah. Um, and I did look it up on Breaking Bourbon, it's undisclosed, the Mash Bill. Okay, that's what I thought it was. and. Uh, it's but but this is uh it is good. I like it. I even like their Rebel One Hundred. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the higher proof point here is just a nice um, a nice little addition. I think these are better because they're like handpicked too, as opposed to like the One Hundred is just you know what I mean batched. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This is the yeah. You're you're right. I mean, assuming that you like the uh, tasting notes of the person who is making the selection. Because they're considering this a single barrel, correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's, a, it's a single barrel. Yeah. Because Even if it was blended, no. It, because it is a uh, it is a distiller's oh, yeah. collection, it's a so it's number. a single barrel from you know whoever picked it. But assuming that you like the person who's you know they agree with their tasting notes or their profile or palate or whatever you want to call it, then you know you uh, you know you're pretty good shape, I think, picking a distiller's collection from you know Rebel. Um, Did we get that? 2021 that's a oh yeah we just got that one so that's a five-year yeah that's a five the bottling year. dates on it yeah the, or the barrel filled barrel, i'm sorry barrel fields on 2016 <clears throat> we got it in 2021 so it's it's may not because it's 9 27 2016 so it's not a full uh, five years but it's it's four and a half probably four and a quarter yeah something a little over four which is you know bottled and bond is yeah. uh now wheat wheat does usually take a little bit longer to uh age um so you know unlike rye where uh you know it just uh immediately uh, can be used within like two years and, and still yeah. have a pretty good flavor profile. It is a little light on the collar. I can see that. It is. Compared to the 10 years. It is. Um, but, uh, you know, that being said, wheat does age a little bit slower. So this Rebel 10 year, it's going to be, in my opinion, you know, uh, right in that wheelhouse for me. So mm-hmm. um, now I've, I have not had the new Rebel 10. Um, Same, I haven't opened mine either. So this Rebel Yell, I've got two bottles of this Rebel Yell. I bought them... Um, I think I bought them two separate trips, so they may not be the same single barrel. I doubt if they are. I should check that. Um, It'd be kind of annoying if they are. No, I don't care if they are or they aren't. It doesn't bother me. Um, I like it enough. They're that, definitely not. I mean, it's, it's half empty. No, these two definitely aren't. I thought you meant those two. I no, was I've like, got two of this, of the I old see. Rebel Yell. Um, this is just Rebel. So they rebranded, got rid of the Yell, and now it just says Rebel. Any, did you hear anything why or just? I, I don't know why they yeah. did that, um, but it did start, I think, last year. Um, especially when you started seeing these distillers collections coming out, they started just, they mm-hmm. removed the, the yell. I noticed that too. Um, I like the name Rebel better. I don't know why. I like Rebel Yell. I like Rebel, whatever. Rebel Yell reminds me of uh, Billy Idol. Uh, so it, it doesn't bother it, me. But. For some reason, Rebel Yell reminded me of something that was going to be like real spicy. <laughs> That's funny. I, I don't know why, just because it would be like, it would be like burning and spicy and you, yeah. uh, you know what I mean? No, I hear you. 
So I'm going to go ahead and pour both of these out at the same time, just so you know they have a little bit of ch chance to interact with the air before we uh, get going, and I can go back and forth between them if I want to as well. Um, so these are both Rebel Yell 10 years, but they are single barrel, so they're going to have a little bit of a different uh, flavor profile, or at least I would think they will. Um, whether they do or they don't is yet to be determined. But um, I don't know which one of this, these. This one goes here because okay. I, I pulled this topper off. All right. Um, so, again, Rebel. This is the Rebel Yell uh, single barrel. And this one was uh, barreled in 2006. Um, so this is actually, I mean, I think we bought it last year in the middle. This was the October trip I think that we so. had. Yeah. And so this is actually older than 10 years. So, um, but it is a single barrel. So, uh, I think they just have the labels already made age 10 years. Um, so this one's actually older than 10 years. Now the one that we have, uh, the new one is 2009 barrel filled. So it's also older than yeah. 10 years. So we're actually looking at, uh, when we picked this one up, it was 2020. And uh, so it's probably 13 years old, oh, if not 14. Yeah. I wonder if just like the master distiller just didn't think it was ready yet and put it back. Well, I mean. Or they just didn't get to it in time. Or you know? who knows? I mean, or it could have even been uh, put into a, a container to stop aging in That's 2016. True. But I doubt it. I, I doubt it. I, they, this is a pretty popular uh, uh, bourbon. So I wouldn't think that that's going to happen. So let's go ahead and nose this one. This is the Rebel Yell. It's uh, 100 proof. So all these 10 years, yeah, all these 10 years are uh, are uh, 100 proof, which means 50%. Uh, this one is barrel number 5009392, aged since uh, 2006. And we purchased it in October of 2020. So it, we're thinking around uh, 14 or 13 and a half years or so. So the nose is, for me, is lighter than the other one. Well... <clears throat> It's less of a proof, so... That makes sense. But it does also, in my opinion, have a little more oak presence. Like yeah. a little leathery or like, almost like a tobacco. I was going to say a touch of leather. And uh, But it's also got some fruitiness, too, which is really nice. Or maybe it's just sweetness. Maybe it's the way the sweetness and the leather is kind of interacting together. No, but I think there's some dark fruit in there. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's faint, yeah. but I do get some dark fruit. I'm sure once I take a drink, I'll get more notes. Yeah, so let's take a drink of this. Let's start talking about it, and then we'll talk about our tour. Uh, compare it to the last one we did, too, which was during the time of COVID. So that age comes out on the finish, for sure. Oh, yeah. A lot um, more oak presence. Absolutely. Which I'm, finish. I like oak. Um, or, you know, the, the wood finish. Mm -hmm. I, I like that. When it's present, as long as it's not overpowering, and this one is definitely not. Yeah. Uh, it's just a slight, you know, uh, wood finish that is just really, really nice. Um, but I get almost like a little bit of an orange flavor, I feel like, maybe. I mean, the power of persuasion, I could, I would have not came up with that on my own, the orange. But when you say that, I get it. Um, there's, there's definitely something very sweet on the front of it. But it's not that, like, candy sweet, that, like, butterscotch caramel. It's not that type of sweet. Yeah. It's almost like a vanilla um, oh, I, I get vanilla for sure, and I definitely vanilla orange maybe. Yeah, I, there's. I was, was going to say there's almost a citrus or an orangey type flavor to it. I like this. I've, as you can see, most this is past the halfway point. I think on my bottle, I've been visiting this a lot, and I I, I try not to because I know I can only really ever consistently find it at the distillery. Yeah. But now that I have three bottles of it, well, two and a half, I guess I'll probably start hitting this again. So. 
No, I like this a lot too. Yeah, um, it's it's really really good. Um, so let's talk about our tour. Uh, so we did a tour last year. I think it was in October. So we went, but three one, times. The one times it was shut down altogether. Well, so we that was December, I think. Yeah, so we went. No, in December we went with Jeff, but we just went into the gift shop because I think they weren't doing they tours weren't doing at all. Tours yeah, for a minute. yeah, they canceled tours for a minute, so they gave us an extra little Rebel One Hundred, which was cool, uh, little airplane model or whatever. Model, yeah. yeah. So the first time we went was in October, I believe, or whenever we went. It might have been September. One somewhere in that area. We went and did. It was their what is it? Uh, whiskey. I think their whiskey experience or something like I think that. A premium tasting premium. or something like that. It was premium, yeah. <clears throat> premium whiskey experience. And so we did that and it was the shortest tour I've ever been on. Yeah. But they they, they like told us, us that ahead of time. And yeah. So we saw the video, similar video. It might have been the exact same video. It was the same video. And then we went and saw their still and then we went into the tasting room. Yeah. That was about it. And then when we did the tasting, it was outstanding, though. We did Ezra 7, we did Rebel 10, we did the Blood Lotro Oath. 12, and we did the Blood Oath. Yeah. So we did those four. Outstanding. It was probably the, the best tasting I've ever had. It, for me, and you've obviously had way more tastings than me, but that was the best tasting I've ever and done. They served chocolates, and it was, it was really, really good. I liked every one of their expressions that they put into the into the tasting. It was just an amazing tasting. Even that time, I liked those chocolates so well, I bought a thing of those chocolate-covered cherries. Yeah, I remember. So we came back this time, and we did the exact same experience, just you and I. And uh, we were just kind of hit doing a little cannonball run, and, and we liked Luxro enough that we were just like, well, let's just do that tasting again. We really enjoyed the tasting last time. Let's do it again. And I think what was interesting to me is the tour was so much better. Absolutely. We went into the Rick houses. We went up and, you know, they gave you the, the similar maker's mark where you could touch the, the, uh, the beer, mm-hmm. you know, the, the uh, fermenting beer and taste it. Uh, so you could put your finger in it, taste it and all that stuff. And then they showed you the still. They let you, uh, you know. Pour some in our hands and like slap it together. Or, yeah, in your, in your hands. And then we went to the Rick house. Uh, but was what was really nice is before the video this time they gave us a an Ezra I think it was ninety nine yeah they gave because us a, that's going away and that's why no, she no was, no no this was uh, then it was the Ezra ninety the Ezra ninety nine is new okay so it must have been the Ezra ninety because she said it was going away yeah if you can the find square one, bottles get it. are going away they're they're going <clears throat> to the round bottles now so she gave us some Ezra uh, Brooks we had that to start right before the video. Then when we got to the Rick house, they gave us a cask strength Ezra Brooks. Um, uncut, unfiltered. It was un- like straight it, from yeah, the barrel. So it was completely uncut and unfiltered. So it was even higher proof than what you would get. It wasn't the 120. She didn't know what it was, but she knew it was higher than 120. Hadn't been cut or anything. Um, that was probably my favorite thing we tasted, too. That was, was actually really, great. really good. And you got a second one because your birthday was closest. <laughs> yeah. Because she had an extra pour. Yeah, she had an extra pour, and then she gave it to you. Yeah. So that was nice. Um, their Rick houses were really, really cool. They almost had, what was interesting to me is they had like a little foyer in their Rick house. I've never seen that. Usually when I walk in a Rick house, it's just immediate barrels. Yeah. And this was immediate barrels, but there was like a, a like almost like a communing space right in front of all the barrels where you could kind of hang out, talk. And it was almost like it was made for the tour. Mm-hmm. So you could come in and, and see the, the wall of Rick, of uh, barrels <clears throat> in the Rick house. And I got a nice picture of that. You can see that on our, on our Instagram. But then we went back through the Rick house. She talked about some of the different, showed us the barrel of what we just tasted. Yeah. Uh, talked about, you know, some of the process and how they fill the the, house, the Rick house and stuff. 
and like their future development too. It was cool. There were like yeah. these barcodes yeah. on each row, and so they can start doing like like a Dewey Decimal System, whatever you want to call it, right. like a card catalog. But, but type what I thought thing. was interesting is they were talking about going all digital, going to RFID. Yeah, I mean they're digital now, I guess, with the barcodes. But they're talking about going to RFID where they can, you know, make it easier to find the the, yeah. the uh, barrels. Because there were some uh, private barrels too that people had purchased. Right, and they had nameplates on them. And they were actually people that had supported them way back in the day, distributors, different <clears> places <throat> like that. They let them come in and put their nameplate on a barrel that could later on be cask strength yeah. something. And in that catalog, they know where each barrel is, mm-hmm. how long it's been there. And I, I think that's great. Like, obviously, in the age of technology, it's right. easier to do those things. Well, and why not? I mean, you're, you're, still, yeah. you're still aging them in the old, you know, t- tried and true methods of Kentucky. And then they're adding a little bit of technology to, to speed up that, you know, uh, uh, sorting and the, finding. Yeah, yeah, sorting and finding. There's no reason that needs to be the old school way. That just adds time and, and inefficiency to your and then, uh, like, process. You know, papers can get lost and, you know, obviously digital things are backed up. And, right. Exactly. And duplicate. So what I thought is really cool. And, you know, in the video that we went and watched, they just got announced that they were being bought out by MGP in February, January of last year. 2020 or no this year sorry 2021 yeah um but they still say real roots real family real products that's their that's their mantra that's their tagline uh even though they're being bought out by mgp i don't know if that's taken effect yet or when that was supposed to actually occur um but it was announced in january of last year so and that was a huge purchase i don't know if you have a number there 457 million or so I've heard. So that actually puts um, MGP now into two different distilleries in Kentucky. They have a 50-50 stake in Limestone Branch, um, where, you know, just to help them kind of, it was almost like funding for them, yeah. basically. And then now they uh, have just bought out Lux Row, which is really cool. Um, you know, I, I don't know what that's going to do or how that's going to affect um, Lux Row. She did say they're going to start doing their own bottling on site. Yeah, but I don't think that has anything to do with MGP. I think that has any more to do with the efficiency of not having to send it all the to St. Louis. You think that helps their capital though to be able to? It, they they might have an infusion. Yeah, yeah. And MGP now that they've <clears throat> got you know they've got a ton of money. I'm sure. Well, I'm sure they yeah. just spent 457 million. So, um, so that might be part of it. That might have been part of the purchase. Is hey, we're going to now bottle here. Yeah. But I don't know that it is. They did. She, she didn't say that had anything to do with MGP. She didn't even bring up MGP in our tour, to be honest. Right. Um. So I think, you know, it's it's interesting because MGP is you know you know when something's MGP it'll say distilled in Indiana. I mean, for the most part, there's a couple of like Hotel Tango and a couple places in Indiana that do their own distilling and stuff, but, um. But it's interesting. I think Starlight Distillery is also out of Indiana, but I don't know if they use MGP or not. Um, but generally, you know, for the most part, when you see distilled in Indiana, you know that's MGP. <laughs> MGP. Yeah. Um, and and I always wonder when when we do those tours and they say they always make a point of ninety percent of the world's bourbon is distilled in Kentucky, and I'm sitting there thinking, well, is that actually true? Because of how much is distilled in Indiana? Yeah, like right. I I would think <clears throat> it can't be higher than seventy seventy five percent. I wouldn't think so. Because MGP is making a shit ton of bourbon. Yes, a shit ton, and that's a metric shit ton. That's that's not a uh, small shit ton. So uh, yeah, I mean. Honestly, I think that's the part to me that is interesting is how much they actually, uh, you know, make or don't make. And, um, you know, whether or not they, they produce, I, it can't be just 10%. No, there's no way. They, they make so much bourbon. Agree. And I forget even how many rickhouses they have. The amount of rickhouses they have. 
I mean, it's, it's insane. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, not only Rick houses, but <clears throat> because they do have you know at least four or five Rick houses that are you know up to I think ten or twelve floors high. And then you can just see these huge vats of like storage vats that just sit on their property that are just humongous. I mean, you have those heavy hitters it, like Jim it almost Bean. looks like oil storage. Is what it almost looks <laughs> it like, does. You know, you know, and I don't know if that's because like some of those heavy hitters like Jim Beam and um, I don't even know what else I want to say right now, but like Maker's Mark. You know what I mean? Like they're oh, putting sure. out so much stuff of just their like their you know shelfers that it I don't know it overrides what MGP puts out. But I'm like you, it's hard to believe that ninety percent. Um, is distilled in Kentucky. Yeah, I mean, I just, I find it hard to believe as well. Um, but the thing is, is if you can call it a Kentucky bourbon, if it's aged in Kentucky for at least a year. So they can make it at MGP, bring it to Kentucky, age it for a year, and now it's Kentucky bourbon. How close is it to the border? It's like five minutes over the, the river. See, I wonder if there's something... I don't. You know what I mean. I would have to like dig deeper. But is there like a process where part of it's it goes through Kentucky? Well, I think they do. I think they do. I think they distill it and then they age it and then they'll ship it over to Kentucky for whoever is buying it. Then they age it there for at least a year so they can call it Kentucky bourbon. So that's probably why. Um, I just think it's shenanigans. That's all. It is. So let's (laughs) let's nose the Rebel Ten Year that is the newer one. It's uh, not Rebel Yell, just Rebel Tenure. And this is a barrel that was uh, filled in 2009, uh, 9-30-2009. So I'm guessing that it's close to twenty-one or to 12 years old, not 10. I like the new bottle better. I like the new label better, yeah. Yeah, yeah, label. It's the yeah, same for bottle, sure. for sure. And um, I, I just love their bottle shape to begin with. Well, there's like embossing here. Yeah, right. right? The other one I don't think has. No, this same one doesn't shape, have just that. Same shape, just no embossing. It's then, a little bit different, but a it's new label, very similar. Um, I, and I just I don't know why I like the new label better. They they're using the same font for Rebel, um, the same logo with the R. Um, I I like the just, tin stands out more. Yeah, like, because the black background and the the tin yeah. is really just popping. And and before it was like a it was almost like etched into the glass. Now it's on a label, and so it really really pops off the label. Um, but you can tell Ooh. they're probably using the same label for or uh, bottle for all these, and they just put a different label on all of them now. I like so. the nose better on this one already. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> That's what I said. I was like, oh. I'm getting a little more caramel, I think. Yeah, I am too. Mm. Yeah. You know what's funny is I'm not a huge caramel fan, but in bourbon. Same. I can't tell you the last time I ate like something caramel. You and know what I, I mean? So here's my thing. And Trina doesn't understand this. Like I've had to explain to her, like she will avoid caramel uh, desserts with me. And I'm like, you don't have to do that. I just don't like caramel as the main flavor. Yeah. If it's a, like, same thing with lemon. I, I'm not a huge fan of lemon desserts, but if it, if lemon is there, it's not going to upset me. If it's the, if it's like a lemon pie, I don't want it. But if it has lemon a pie, a, well, if it has like a, <laughs> a hint of lemon, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Like it, it's a complimentary type thing. Yeah. I agree. Right. It's almost like David Spade in movies. If he's the main <laughs> character, I'm generally not a fan, but if he's a supporting character, yeah. then he's, you know, much better. Just like uh, rules of engagement, that TV show he used to be in or, uh, just shoot me, the old shoot show. Oh, like yeah. when he was, you know, uh, I forgot about that. One. Black sheep, uh, Tommy, Tommy boy. boy. Like he's a side character. He's great, but when he's the main character, he just doesn't have he's enough annoying. weight to to yeah. carry the the movie, literally and figuratively. He's a little guy. <laughs> All right, taking a drink. Mm. So that oak 
is still present. That I think it's more present in this one, agree. even though, and it's funny because it's younger, twelve versus thirteen or fourteen years. It's a lighter finish, but it is lighter. That's what I was about um, to say too. Yeah, it's it's um, it's still a good finish. Like mm-hmm. I'm still feeling it in my chest. Um, but it is it is a lighter finish. It's almost like a cleaner finish or something. I like it. I, I don't, Do you like it better? I don't know. I like the nose better. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. I'm going to go back and taste the other one here in a second. Because um, I left a little bit in... Same. I like the I nose I, better, for sure. I think I like it better. And you're allowed. But I will say, I still like the bourbon enthusiast. It's it's hard to say, because they're both they're different. You know what I mean? I think I like the older one better. Okay. Not on the nose, but in the in the like the the taste profile, it it coats my tongue better. It has more of a vanilla. Like I I'm feeling more of the flavors and the complexity mm-hmm. as I drink it, and the oak finishes it. Whereas this one, I feel like it's almost non-existent in the middle of the tongue. Like it hits the front of my tongue with some with some sweetness, maybe a little bit of fruit, and then on the back of the tongue, it hits me a little bit with the oak, and it's a little bit of a better finish. But in the middle, it's almost non-existent. The the first one. The older one, the one that says Rebel Yell, I feel like it hits in every one of the points along the way. I can see that. Because this one, <clears throat> the newer one does, it finishes light. It really does. Right. I think either one of these 10 years would pair great with like a steak, something like that. Oh, yeah. Um, God, steaks. Yeah. Like a steak or a brisket. Brisket, or, I was just thinking brisket. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> you know, anything smoked, of course, I think would pair very well with this. Um and then the other one is more of a, I'm drinking this bourbon after I finished my meal. You know what I mean? Like sipping on something. That's me. I, just I like revisited, the pair. Yeah. I, God. I just had the new one. And it felt a little more complex that time. Um, huh. Interesting. I'm not real sure now. Well, good news for you. You have both of them. So. You have one of them, right? Which I have this new one. You didn't buy the, the Rebel 10-year the first time you went there, or the second no. time, right? So, the first time I went, I bought the Blood Oath, because when we did that premium... Yeah. And yeah, so, yeah. I should, like, backstep a couple steps here. The reason I didn't buy anything in the gift shop before the tasting was because I thought it was going to kind of be the same, where we would taste the Blood Oath right. and everything, and this Rebel 10. Oh, we, now, didn't, we didn't even get to the tasting yeah. of this new... Yeah. Yeah, so let's do that, too. But um, and I thought we were going to taste those, and I thought, you know... I don't know how I'm going to feel about this year's Blood Oath. Um, I'm not really a wine drinker. I know it's finished in that, but it could still be good because I like some of the port finishes. Yeah. Um, so I waited and, you know, we didn't taste any of those things. And so I was a little disappointed with that part. Um, and so since I have a Blood Oath and I have the Lux 12, I thought, well, I'll just by default get the Rebel 10. I try and get something premium there every time I go, yeah. but I'm not going to buy, I don't want to buy all three of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. I was doing inventory, and I have a shitload of bottles. Not yeah. anywhere what you do, but... I, I've got to start finishing some bottles, and I'm over 320 now. So I've got, to, I've got to finish some bottles, get back closer to 300. I mean, I counted 50 just, like, in my downstairs, like, the problem like little is, storage area. I'm like, shit. I don't have many anchors right now. I have a few anchors. Like, they're almost all a third to half full right now. So I'd have to really put some time in 
a couple of days in a row to actually empty some out. I've been taking a bottle to Dungeons and Dragons every other Wednesday. <sighs> cracks me up. It's though. hilarious. I'm watching Lord of the Rings too right now, and so they all kind of go together. With Lord me of there. the Rings, also or part two? Um, also. Oh, gotcha. Yes. So um, I and think they've been helping me finish off some of my bottles at D and D. I guess yeah, what yeah. I was getting. No, at. that's actually cool, and that's what bourbon's all about, man. Sharing it, letting yeah. people taste it, and. So, Some weeks they're like, ooh, ooh, I don't know about this one. And then other weeks they're like, oh, this is real good. Yeah. So let's let's finish the story. I guess we went to the Rick House, had the bourbon, uh, Ezra Brooks, uh, uh, cask strength, went through the Rick House. I love that that Rick House is still pine. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool. They said that they're still using the old techniques of building their Rick Houses. Right. There's like a, the same company that builds all of them, but they've mm-hmm. updated their patents and things like that. Yeah. It was poplar, not pine. I thought and it was pine they used. No, it was poplar. Okay. Um. So, I thought what was really neat, though, is we went back, you know, it was, we'd never gotten to see the grounds before, which was kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Beautiful grounds, And too. you could see, like, all the trees, the, the corn, all the different things. We got to see all the vats and all the different things. So, it was a much better tour this time. Absolutely. And, I mean, if you've taken a tour of any, any uh, distillery, they're not that different, to be yeah. honest. You see their vats, you see their... You know, distillery floor. I like going still. to the Rick houses though, and so yeah, each the Rick, Rick house, house is, is a little my different. favorite part because not only does it just <clears throat> smell amazing when you walk in, there's just a, this amazing, overwhelming smell when you walk in. But and the history with some of them, like the Stitzel Weller right. one, the history with that place, oh, like how yeah. old is this Rick house? Right. How much? You exactly. Know, what has happened in here? Yep. And what bourbon has come through here? Yeah. I mean, exactly. And same with bourbon uh, at Buffalo Trace. Like those Rick houses are so freaking old. Mm-hmm. That like, you walk into the one that they they take you in on that the OFC the Rick House and it's just ridiculous. It smell like the smell there is the, is by far the best smell. As soon as you get on the grounds, I yeah, ever smelled. Yeah, the grounds when you get on the Buffalo Trace, all you smell is like the yeast and mm-hmm. the, the like bread. It smells like a bread factory. Yeah. And then you go inside that OFC Rick House and it's just ridiculous. It's like the best smell you're, you're ever going to smell, unless you hate vanilla. Like maple and, <laughs> and bread and everything. Like yeah. you're just, it's the best smell ever. Um, but so we go back into the tasting room. So they have this bar where they do their tastings. They set you up with a table. And this time we did two Davis counties. We did uh, Luxro 12. Ezra that was the finisher. Yeah. And then we did an Ezra Distillers collection. And so this one, so so my best ever tasting experience was Back in September, October of last year, when we went, my probably worst tasting experience I've ever had was this year at Luxro. Yeah, I feel the same way. And it was, it was the, what I did appreciate about it is that we had the two Davis counties, which just solidified I don't want to buy Davis County. Same. I'm not a fan. I'm not a huge finished bourbon fan to begin with. So, and I've always seen it on the shelves. I'm like, should I get it? Should I get it? And I, I never have. And I'm glad I haven't. Because I did not enjoy that. And then the distiller's collection for the Ezra Brooks that they have out right now is just not good. And she even said it wasn't good. Yeah, it tasted like grass clippings. Yeah. It went it tasted like if you were to just actually grab a a handful of grass clippings out of a damn lawnmower and shove them in your mouth, that's what it tasted like. And it smelled like grass clippings, it tastes like grass clippings. It was not good. And and it's funny because I love some of those Ezra distiller collections, but there was just something about that one that was not good. And she even said the girl that picked it there felt bad. Yeah. She was like, it was great at, you know, at barrel proof. Right. And then they proof it down to 113. Yeah. And and see, this this takes me to, um, 
some of my feelings about when a, when a company decides to stick to a certain proof for their for their uh, certain collections. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. You're you're pigeonholing yourselves. Like, why does every distiller's collection need to be 113 proof? If the best flavor for that for that barrel is at 120 or 118 or 116 or 113.7, why does it need to be at 113 proof? I mean, you get more it product like, doing that. When yeah, you... but, but maybe maybe it's 109, <clears throat> and you'll get even more product. I do think that they need to have, and, and maybe they do this, and I don't know, but and I know you can like test like your abv and everything like that but like proof it down like when it's straight from the barrel let's try it at cask let's try it at 110 yeah, best flavor profile and then barrel, and then bottle, bottle it at that yeah. yeah i don't know if that's too time consuming and that's I, why they don't do i it. don't imagine uh, you've got to taste it at 113 if that's what you do everything i would think you have you've to. got to put it at 113 yeah. right away and say oh no this tastes like shit yeah Let's let's figure out the taste point where it doesn't taste like shit, or put it back in the barrel and pick a different barrel. Yeah, and let it go back if in the warehouse for a while. If one thirteen has to be the proof, then find a barrel where don't mm-hmm. even do the tasting at cash strength. Do the tasting at one thirteen. Well, I almost bought one too, like before we did the right. tasting, and I almost did as well. And I'm like, I'm so glad I did. I looked at you during the tasting, yeah. and I was like, I'm glad I didn't buy this ahead of time because I have that one that's an OHLQ pick, and it tastes like freaking campfire marshmallows. Yeah, I love that one. Yeah, it's so good. it tastes so good. That's the uh, to be uh, to be fair. It is the first Ezra Brooks Rebel, or I'm sorry, Ezra Brooks Distillers Collection that I have not liked. Same first one. Yeah, same. And I mean, that's the first Lux Row product I haven't liked. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Davies County. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but if you're into finished bourbons, you you know, maybe those are for you. And I didn't dislike them. I mean, they still tasted like bourbon and had a little bit of, but it's just not something I'm yeah. going to go to and buy. I mean, if I want a port finish. It's not my, fin- it's not my taste profile. Yeah, I'm going to go elsewhere for a port finish. Because like, I like some of those port finishes, I do. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm going to go elsewhere for one of those. So... I think for me, these two Rebel Tens are a toss-up. Now they're similar. Yeah, they're right, very similar. But they do have a different. They do have a different taste profile. Does it list um, where in the the like the level of the warehouse? Are no, they close it, to each it, other? It, no, it doesn't. It just says the barrel okay. number. And, um, and it'd be they, interesting to know that. Yeah, and they don't rotate their barrels. They made a point yeah. of saying that. So it's too time-consuming, right? So generally, what they do is is for their batched bourbons is they mix different. They do like an X type batching. Oh yeah. Um, so she did say that that she they, said that was common. Yeah, no, it is common. Um, so they'll they'll mix some lower floors with some upper floors with some middle floors um, to get a similarity in their taste profiles in their batches. Um, obviously, when you're doing the single barrels, you're you're trying to find something different. Mm-hmm. But yeah, with with their batched products, that's how they do it. Now, none of the ones we're having today are batched. These are all single barrels. So. Yeah, both of these are good. I like both of these a lot. I'm glad I grabbed it. Yeah. Definitely. Because I was on the fence between this and the Lux 12. Well, and, and I have a Lux 12. And to be fair, we just opened this thing. Yeah. It's going to have a chance to, you know, oxidize a little bit. It'll have a chance to evaporate a little bit. It'll, it'll change a little bit over time. And I was just reading an article the other day about um, neck pores and all that stuff. And I guess there's a guy from uh, ESPN who, who does a podcast about whiskey. Mm-hmm. It's like whiskey need or something like that. And uh, he, I guess, rants and raves about people calling it a neck porn. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Like, like he's against it? Yeah, he, he, believe he in it? it's bullshit. And I'm just like, no, it's definitely not. I've definitely had a bottle open 
and change over time. I mean, it may not be that it's like the neck portion of it, but the fact that it has right, a chance that's just to oxidize. What, that's just what people call yeah. it. Like if you call it a fresh pour, like a the new fr- pour. The fresh pour, the new the pour. First whatever pour, the hell you, whatever. I don't yeah. give a shit what you call it. It is a thing. And it definitely, yeah. I've definitely noticed how bourbon has opened up over time, uh, whether it's evaporation in the bottle, whether it is oxidation or just contact with oxygen. I mean, obviously, they make good points in the, in the article. You know, one of the things they said is like, it's in contact with the oxygen all the way up until the time it's bottled. Well, no shit it is. But once it's bottled, it's not in contact with anything except for what it was bottled with. So once you open it up, it, it has a chance to then start aging again a little bit. Oxidation-wise, yeah. um, evaporation-wise, it's going to have that opportunity to, to start changing over time. Oh, I think it definitely changes. That 1792 well, full proof that we change. had is like a perfect example of that. Just like dusty bottles. When people open dusty <clears throat> bottles and they're like, oh, yeah. or ooh, you yeah. know, like they change. No, Even agree. if they sit in a freaking sealed container, they change over time. It just happens. Whether it's contact with you know sunlight, they change. They definitely change. That guy can just go whatever. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's almost like ESPN in bourbon world. Like, stay the fuck out of bourbon world, right? Like, well, everyone's jumping on it because everyone, you know, what ESPN's all about is hot takes. Oh, we're gonna pick something and just to just to polarize people, we're gonna make a, a stance and make a huge deal about it. And that's what mm-hmm. this guy's done, and it's just irritating. Like, shut the fuck up. Like, seriously, like everyone has their opinions. The whole point about bourbon is everyone has their own palace. Everyone has their own opinions. Everyone has the things that they want to find. If you're a freaking tater, I'm not a huge fan of that nonsense, but but that's just what you, you know, whatever. I mean, I can't blame someone for buying a bottle and then flipping it for twice the cost later. I, I don't know if it's worth it. It's not worth my time. It's not worth my time, for but sure. other people, it might be. Yeah. And that's fine. That's their thing. I don't care. I don't like it because it makes it harder for me to find a bourbon, but I don't like it, but that's their thing. Who cares? All right, let's get into this Rebel cask string. I'm excited about this. I've never seen... Well, let's hope it... Uh, well, neck pour. <laughs> let's hope that it, uh, you know, has a chance to... Which one do you want? This one right here? Yeah. That's... All right. I don't know if you rinsed it out yet or not. So the place that we got this liquor barn, um, I yeah. used to live in Lexington back in the day. And um, I drove past this place all the time on one of my on the way to one of my clinical sites for school and everything. And that's why I kind of want to stop back there and revisit it. Um, when I was in college, I was really into craft beer, and this place blew my mind. So you have to remember, this was probably two thousand four, I think. Yeah. Um, I think it was two thousand four, if I remember correctly. And like I would go it's in there. Is. It is. Well, it was like an old Super Kmart or something, is what it used that place used to be, or an old Kmart. That's funny. And um, Super Kmart. And I would see like an entire aisle just full of different beers. And like my mind was completely blown by this. And then they had kegs of beer you can buy in the back, which they still have. And it would be like craft beer in a keg that you could buy. And where I'm from in Little Podunk, Chillicothe, like you could get a keg of Bud Light, Natural Light, and like Budweiser. Like that's all that you could get unless you went to the Miller place and you could get like Miller Light or, you know, Miller Heavy. And so for them to have like a, I don't know, like a Heineken or a George Killian keg, like this place just blew my mind. And, and I was drinking bourbon back then, but. Not like I am now. Like I knew I liked Maker's Mark back then. Yeah, I knew that I liked um, the old Ezra Brooks because if I remember, it was like thirteen dollars and it came with a cork. Yeah, and I was like, "That's fancy." It was. That's I was like, "This living. shit comes with a cork." Woo, you know what I mean? A, it was. That's like a mixture of like wine country. Yeah, and and like you know college drunkenness. You yeah, know? and so for me, it was nostalgic to go back into that place. And I remember they had like 
it's a party store where they sell like fucking it's Hawaiian like party, skirts. It's like party stores. And, yeah, yeah. Except for it's just a different company. Yeah. Um. So I, I was happy to go in there and, and to see that place again. Like I said, it had been since probably 2004 or five since I had been in there. So, you know, off New Circle Road there in Lexington. Yeah. Now, that was, it was a nice place and I was ready to walk out like, oh, yeah, this is good. It has a lot. And then we saw, we just walked up yeah. the allocation table had the, the Rebel cast strength and the Ezra Brooks cast strength. I bought one of each, as I do. They had some makers um, store picks too. They did, but I, I've got so many freaking maker store picks. I got to, yeah, that's what I need to start plowing through. And I wish that I could have read some more on like tasting profiles of them. Yeah. I don't know, but it's tough. Because I'll help there's, you with your just, makers. Don't worry about yeah, it. I, know. I love those. And I feel like makers gets a bad rap. It does. Someone at work was saying the other day, he was like, yeah, it's, it's a good like beginner's bourbon. And I was like, beginner's bourbon? The fuck are and you maybe, talking about? Maybe regular makers is, but I still, if I see makers at a bar, like when I go to these functions and they have a limited selection of bourbon, if I see makers, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, absolutely. I'm good. Makers. All right. Um, you know, their private selects are all good. Um, which we just did that in the last episode where those private selects. Okay. I, I didn't know if you were trying to contribute. I, you had no, that no, look no, like you were going to contribute something. I'm there. just laughing at something else. Um, you know, I enjoy all of those, um, those finished bourbons that they do, the wood finishing series and all that stuff. And it's just a cool place too. Like, yeah, you it know. was, it, it was, I mean, it was just, it was like party source. It really had a nice, um, it had a really nice selection. They had some things there. What was it you were thinking about getting before we saw the Kentucky that? spirit? Yeah. So they just, they just had a nice collection of things that we don't always see in Ohio, uh, which was nice. Just like party source. What I do like about party, party source is they always have a wide selection of barrel picks. Mm-hmm. So that's always nice. Same with Westport Whiskey and Wine. I always try to go to Westport Whiskey and Wine when I go to Kentucky because they always have a wide selection of just barrel picks. And that, I love that. I do too. I just love, like, that's the, to me, that's the new thing. Like They're so unique. Yeah, because you can get anything. But then when you see it's a barrel pick of that thing, you know that that one's going to be something you haven't necessarily tasted before. And it should be a little exceptional. Yeah, no. You know I mean? Something made agree. someone pick that out. It's no different than like a barrel pick we've done. Something has made that stand out. Yeah. Somebody. Right. I mean, you could have Middle West Spirits all day long, and then our barrel pick is just going to be, you the know. The best thing that you ever had. The best thing you've Literally. ever had. Ever. Um, but I just, I don't know. I, so let's, let's jump into this cast strength. So I'm actually excited about this. I'm hoping this doesn't let me down. And then I just got a, um, an Ezra Brooks cask strength from Jeff. And then I got one. Did you from, get that yet? Or not like, yet? But when we see him again, you're going. Okay. I owe him. I owe him an Ezra Seven too, which I was disappointed they didn't have that at the Lux Rove because I was going to buy my. They didn't. You're right. Yeah, but the next day someone went there and got one. I was like, damn it. So anyway, I may I may put the schnoz in there a little too deep. I got some ethanol on that. Well, I mean, this is a 120 proof, so this is Liquor Barn. It is barrel number seven five three three zero zero two niner. <laughs> Did I catch a niner in there? Uh, barrel filled 11 to 2016. So not quite five years old, mm. probably four and a half, I guess. Um, and it's 120 proof. They had a lot of these on the countertop as well. They did. And it was limit one. And I was so excited when they said you could buy one of each. Yeah. Cause some places only let you get one total of the mm-hmm. allocation. And, and, but they said one of each. I was like, sweet. What do you get on the nose? I, I got the ethanol right away. I'm trying to pinpoint this. This aroma. 
That was a, <laughs> was a squeaker. Glass. That was a squeaker. That was a glass rubbing against the microphone. So there's that vanilla, but it's not, it's, it's more like vanilla concentrate. I don't know how to say it. I'm trying to decide if that's because you're right, but I'm trying to decide if that's because of the ethanol presence. It right. is definitely more ethanol forward on the nose. The ethanol is definitely, you know, making a, making a presence known. Is it a baking? There's something there. Uh, you're right. I'm, I don't know if it's baking spice because I don't think that's what it is. Because I usually get that from a rye, not from a weeded. But but There's I'm getting something, something that I'm not used to. And this is a this is a 120 proof on a weeder, and it's a you know almost a four and a half year old weeded bourbon. I do feel like there's some dark fruit there. And then when I, and I feel it right before my nose gets into it. And then as soon as my nose gets into it, the, the, the alcohol takes yeah. over. <clears throat> I don't get the dark fruit, but I might after I take a drink. There's some weird note that I'm not. I almost get like a tobacco too. But it's almost like, it's almost like, not like the, the drying tobacco that you would encounter in like a barn, but like actual exhaled tobacco if you were to walk through someone smoking a pipe. What about like a dried fruit? I didn't hear you roll your R's. I didn't hear any of that. Dried fruit? Yes, dried fruit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, now that you mention it. Now that you rolled your R's, I heard that. Was it you that couldn't do it last time? Someone was like stuttering. like. I have a weird way to roll my R's. There's a weird percentage of the population that can't do it. Dried fruit. Yeah. Yeah. See, I could do the the first one, but I couldn't do the second one. When I took Spanish many years ago, that was a big thing. Like to like truly speak Spanish, you have to be able to roll your R's. They say. I took a drink. And your face doesn't convince me that I want to take a drink. The ethanol's definitely still there, but I but there's a lot underneath the ethanol. There's a lot. I'm still trying to sort through it. It's definitely complex, but the ethanol immediately stole the show. Ethanol is stealing the show. It's a long finish. Yeah, a good long finish, though. But there's, there's stuff there. I'm trying to figure out what it is. The ethanol immediately smacks you in the face. And I'm hoping that this changes over time. Because this is not... This wasn't bad. Mm-mm. But immediately the ethanol jumped out. I'm going to take a drink of water real quick and then go back to it. Get a little water in my lips. This is surprising. I didn't figure that this would be, it's, what, only seven proof higher? <clears throat> that's not that much. Three and a half percent. Yeah, that's not bad. That's not that much. Oh, much better second drink. Oh, really? After I had some water. Okay. Yeah, that second drink was. You may have had a little water left in your mouth, too, that kind of like well, that's, that's, dispersed. That's the... why I do it. Okay. Yeah, I'll take a drink. I'll get some water on my lips, get some water in my mouth, and then, you know, swallow. But yeah, like you said, there's some still there. Like residual. Little, yeah. And it does change. It changes the, the flavor. A little trick I learned. It's definitely better. Yeah. The second drink with just uh, like a little bit of water still. In your mouth. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm curious how this changes. Over time. Yeah. We'll have to revisit this. Yeah. It's not bad. And it may be one you just proofed out with a couple drops, too. So it's not bad, but it's definitely my least favorite of these four. I concur. Right out of the gates. Mm-hmm. But it is a higher proof. It's a neck pour. 
neck pour. It is a, it is 20 proof higher than what we just tried. So, I mean, 10% more alcohol. Mm-hmm. Had we done this in a different order, maybe it'd be different. If we did the Rebel 10s first, then the Distiller's Collection, then the Cast Strength, maybe different. But the ethanol is definitely there. I could see me liking this in the cold in the winter more. Oh, this is... The, the hug is there. I like the Kentucky hug. Mm-hmm. And I definitely know... I, I feel like... And I, I'm pretty sure there's some complexity underneath the ethanol. I'm I'm like definitely tasting some some notes, but I just the ethanol hits you enough to where you can't really make them out right away. Going in for another drink. I mean, it is a special limited edition. The others don't say that, do they? No, that's. I think cask strength might be something new they're trying. I'm like you. I think this is my least favorite. It's not bad, but it's my least favorite. It just—it's definitely picking up a little. It's hot. Definitely, it is hot, but it's definitely picking up some complexity the more I drink it. So that immediate visceral reaction overtook, I think, any flavor profile I might have picked mm-hmm. up. But now I'm actually getting some flavor from it. And the water definitely helped. I didn't put any water in the bourbon, but I put a little bit of water in my mouth, took a drink. Did you say a little bit of water? A little bit of water. Just a little bit. No, this isn't bad. I'm okay with this. It. I agree. Every time I take a drink of water and then go back to it, it does taste a lot better. And I will say, it's definitely coating my tongue well. Yeah. I get, it's, like, corn on this. Like, cream corn? Does that yeah, make sense? Yeah, I was actually just about to say that. I, I got a little bit of cream cream corn. Cream corn. Cream, cream corn. I got a little bit of creamed corn on my last drink. That's fucking weird. No, it's not. It's fucking over No, it's weird corn. that, like, you were going to say it right when oh. I said it, too. Like, it's just... But it took that third or fourth drink. Yeah. And I... I mean, that's the thing. Like, some of these bourbons, especially cast drink bourbons, they come off immediately hot. And then you have to go revisit them, or or the more you drink them, and that it's like, like your it goes, palate like it's acclimated to. Yeah, them. for sure. And I think it goes back to my original why ancient ancient age ten year or ten star uh, actually performs well on blinds against Blantons. It's because you normally just get a small amount on those blinds. Mm-hmm. You don't really get that second, third, fourth taste. Like you do with a Blanton's where, you know, Blanton's starts to kind of open up and you start to, you know, get some of the complexity to it the more and more you drink it. With Ancient Age and Age, it just doesn't do that. It You, you get the, an initial good flavor out of it, but then it just never, it never feels like it gets complex. The more didn't, you drink it, it just stays flat. Didn't someone tell us, or and you may already know this, but the Blanton's Rick House, isn't it metal? Yeah, I think um, it is. And I think that uh, there are some other rick houses like that there, but I most of them are are brick. But I mean, like the structure on the inside, yeah, yeah, is metal. Well, I don't know about it on the inside. I've never seen the inside of it. Okay. But the outside of it's like a metal siding, I think. Okay. Um, but all the other bland, all the other shouldn't say blands, all the other Buffalo Trace warehouses that I've seen have been I've seen a lot of brick ones, brick yeah. on the outside. Um, but yeah, I. I can't imagine that doesn't affect it because it's going to get a little hotter. Yeah, it would like hold heat. 
Yeah, it'll definitely hold heat. I mean, now brick holds heat too, but at yeah. the end of the day, it's porous, so it'll it'll lose heat quickly. It'll gain heat quickly. Mm-hmm. Steel or you know whatever is going to also gain heat quickly. Um, but you're right. I think it probably holds heat a little bit longer. So if I had to rate these four, I would probably put the two Rebel Tens one and two. I'm not 100% sure which one I would put first of those two. They're, they're, it is interesting because they're not identical, and they shouldn't be because they're single barrels. Mm-hmm. And then the Distiller's Collection would be my third, and then the Cast Strength would be my fourth. I'd like to come back to this and see what I think in a month from now, you know, when that Rebel Cast Strength has a chance to open up a little bit, evaporate a little bit more. Um, you know, maybe change its proof just a little bit. And that's, that's, I never did get to talk about the science of that is, you know, a lot of times when you've let your bourbon sit in a bottle, it'll, you know, there's more air in the, in the bottle now Mm -hmm. has a chance to evaporate. So sometimes that proof point goes down and then you're going to end up getting a little bit of a different flavor because the proof points makes sense gone down. Some of the alcohol has evaporated and then you get a little bit of a, a, you know, just like if you added a drop of water. It's going to change that proof point. It's going to change that flavor profile as well. And so I, I think maybe the term neck pour is not accurate because obviously you can tilt it upside down, whatever, and then mix it all up before you pour it. Right. And that's. But I think the term <clears throat> is just more indicative of that initial pour out of the bottle. It's not necessarily because it's from the neck, because as soon as you tilt it sideways, it's no longer net right. That's right. all blended together. It's, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I again that just irritates me. I just feel like it's that ESPN bullshit of hot take. You know, yeah. let me make a big deal about something that's not a big deal, just to cause you know division or or whatever. Look at some of those like uh, pre-prohibition bottles that those guys drink, and they say they're oh they're so good, right? Is it so good because it's been open for so long? You know what I mean? It's had a chance to oxidize. I know there's different distilling techniques well, they used back then and everything, too. And, and some of them haven't been open so long. Like, some of them are just open, you know, for the sake of, like, they've had it. Mm-hmm. They've It's been sitting there, you know, however long it's been sitting there. And it's been sealed. Let me ask you this, because, I mean, I haven't experienced this, but have you ever had a bottle that you open it and it's gotten worse with time? I, I not that I can recall. I haven't. They've all gotten better. Yeah, I mean, I've had blends that does that. They got worse. Oh, worse. Oh, I thought you said better. No, no, Sorry. Something. I everything I've had has gotten uh, better. No, but I've never had anything that's gotten worse. It's no. never been like, oh, this tastes like shit now. I don't. Or, think oh, so. this was so much better. You know. I don't think so. No. Six months ago, when I first opened it. Yeah, I can't imagine anything that has gotten worse over time i can't think of anything that i've tasted that the next time i visited it was worse no it makes me want to like pop all the tops on all of my bottles when i get home <laughs> right just to let them just to let them like little, yeah little air yeah that's funny um so what uh what do you take out of this i said what i think what do you think so um the rebel distillers collection i think was my favorite i really do um it had all those flavor profiles that i like and then the the newer 10-year, which was a neck four, I actually like that one better than the older 10-year. And then I would say the um, the Rebel Cask came in last. 
So, I mean, I'm I'm not disagreeing with any of that. I just don't know. The rebel, the two rebels were so neck and neck for me mm-hmm. that I don't know. I that agree. I they can, are. I don't know that I can make a a a real. So it was the nose that pulled me through on the other one. Um, yeah. I liked the nose on the newer one. I, I hate to say newer one, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. No, I know what you mean. I like the nose better on the newer one. I think I like the finish better on the older one. Yeah, and and initially the newer one was basically non-existent in the middle of the tongue. Right. But then it, the more I drank it, the more it actually tasted okay. I think it'll get better with age for sure. I think so too. I want to go pop the top on that one too. I think. Like yeah. Let it sit these. for a minute. Yeah. But I like them. I like them all. Even the cask strength. I there were some redeeming properties about it and i think the more it sits in the bottle what's interesting we poured more out of the rebel cast strength than we did the new rebel yell makes no sense rebel not rebel yell 10 year should we fix that real quick we can (laughs) but yeah i completely agree so that being said i think we're an hour into this this went a little quicker than i thought i know same is there anything else about our trip you want to talk about? Yeah, I mean, we'll get into the Heaven Hill trip on when oh, we do yeah. a Heaven Hill episode. I mean, about Lux Row in general. Was there anything else? Um, no, I think even with our tasting not being as good as the first time, I think it was, I like their gift shop. They have a lot of the stuff there that you can't find anywhere else. Like the, the Lux Row 12 is, seems to be there every day. It's a Kentucky, it's a Kentucky exclusive, exclusive yeah. but they always have it at, the, at their uh, gift uh, shop, at least at the beginning of the day. And you pay a little more for it, but that's the like a finder's yeah. fee almost. Yeah, a little and, bit. And I'm okay with it because I would rather pay a little more versus like driving around to all these places and, and like liquor stores and trying yeah. to find it. No, yeah. I agree with that completely. That there there is a convenience aspect to that. Um, but their 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 gift shop and their visitor center is just it's nice. Their tour is nice. The grounds are nice. The grounds are yeah. yeah. The tasting. I think it's hit or miss depending on what they do that day. I don't know if if that what we did the first time was their normal tasting or what we did this time was their normal tasting or so, if they just rotate it. I thought about that too. And I wondered if what we did the first time, they were trying to make up for the fact that you couldn't Lack tour, tour a lot. Yes. Yeah. And I wondered that. Maybe. But I also think that if, they, if they're smart, you know, they're going to try to have you taste the blood oath and have you taste the... The uh, the good stuff so that you go in and buy the more expensive stuff. Yeah, it's in stuff. their favor to do it. Yeah. Um, I, I'll tell you that <laughs> that that particular version of the distiller's collection convinced me not to buy it. Very true. So I would think that it is, like you said, in their favor to actually do the better bourbons that they have, especially the more expensive ones, because then you come out and you, you want to buy it. You go out and you want to buy it. I appreciate that she was like very transparent. Oh, our guide. Was. And she was like, she takes a drink. She's like, yeah, what's that taste like? Tastes like grass. Like she, she didn't even like bad enough. Try and like no. convince us otherwise. Like, oh, you no. don't get this flavor or that flavor, you know? No, and she I did. Do appreciate and she that. said she's like, you know, and she even said that this was probably the worst one they've had at the at the mm-hmm. uh, gift shop. She's like, of the ones we've done, this is probably our least. You know, our our not as whatever you want to call it. And I'm wondering if they let some of the employees pick because she said like it's a girl, like it. It which like is cool. It. I think that's awesome to involve your employees it with is, that. But I, they just need to change their their system. Proof it down to one thirteen. Yeah. If, if it's going to be one thirteen in the bottle, then proof it to one thirteen so yeah. you actually get a real estimation of what it's 
you know, going to be tasting like when you, when you bottle it. Now it might change a little bit from the time you taste it to the time it gets bottled because it sits in the barrel for another month or two or whatever. But at the same time, that's not going to be, when you're talking four years to four years and two months, that's not that big a deal. Right. But when you talk about 130 in the barrel versus 113, that is a big deal. And that can bring out a completely different flavor profile. And if that's what they're doing, I think they need to fix it. Who knows? That could have been like freaking amazing at cask strength. Yeah. And then it's, you know. Yeah, maybe that one would have been great at cask strength. Yeah, I agree with that completely. So, yeah. I mean, honestly, if you're thinking about going down to the Bourbon Trail, I don't think you should miss Lux Row. Even if you just go to their gift shop, I think you should you should hit Lux Row. It's a great gift shop. Their tasting was good. Um you know, and in fact, when we went to Heaven Hill, we saw that other group there, and we told them hit up Lux Row. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's always one of my favorite spots. It is just be, I just like their their lineup. It's like you know, and we'll talk about this when we do Heaven Hill. I like Heaven Hill's lineup, but Heaven Hill has a lot of like low hanging fruit too. Those lower shelf things. Mm-hmm. Outside of the regular Ezra books, I don't feel like that Lux Row has lower. They're almost all mid to high-profile uh, bourbons. Just the way everything looks, like the tasting room, the grounds, you yeah. know what I mean, the property. But I'm just talking about their bourbons in general. Yeah, just everything about the, like, I, I like just, it. Outside of their Ezra Brooks 90, which is going away soon, I feel like all of their bourbons are mid to, mid to high-level bourbons. I agree, yeah. Whereas like Heaven Hill, you know, they have their low-end stuff, like yellow, yellow corn yellow or... Cor- like all that stuff, they have that. They have that. They have the lower end stuff. Like Willa has lower end stuff. You know, uh, seventeen ninety two now has the the low end early times. You know, oh, we, do they? I didn't know they were. Oh, they sold yeah, that in there. That's right. That, yeah. yeah, they have the low end early I times. Not even that. the bottom bond. And they were selling that in their gift shop. The only thing they were selling. That's in their the gift only shop. thing they had that day. Yeah. Um, Free tasting though. Yeah, that was it. cool. We just we just skipped out on it because we had to wait a half hour for it. Um. I will trying. say their ticket was cool though. That no, like was little bung. barrel bung. Yeah, that was cool. I we'll talk more about different experiences in the Bourbon Trail coming up here soon. But I think it was a very quick trip that we did. It was. It was one day. Yeah. And you know, my day changed throughout the day. But um yeah. So I think uh if you have a chance and you go down to the Bourbon Trail, try to hit Lux Row. Well, I, I don't think you're gonna go wrong going there. There's so much in Bardstown anyway. There is. You could spend a whole day just in Bardstown. There's yeah. four big distilleries mm-hmm. there. I mean, and I don't even know, <clears throat> there might even be another couple, but there's at least four big distilleries there. And there's lots of little liquor stores. You know, yep. we, we popped into that one and they had they had anything high end you could want. Now you're going to pay ex- premium for yeah, it. Yeah, it was expensive, but you could find it. Yeah. Elmer T. Lee, they had the Wellers, all the different Wellers. Everything was just so expensive. I didn't see any pappy. No, but that I saw was the like one thing a, I didn't see. an EC toasted barrel. Right. I saw, gosh, uh, they had blends, of course. They all, had they all had of three them. different blends. Yeah. Well, they didn't have all of them, but they had the the black label, the red label, and the regular. Somewhere we went had them all. Uh, Somewhere had the single, the uh, straight from the barrel. Yeah, but it wasn't there. It I was. Uh, I think it was that other one we went to where we got the old fashioned mixed. Oh, okay. But anyway, I, I think if you can't, if you can go down to the the Bourbon Trail, if you're going to go to Bardstown, I mean, you're not far from Maker's Mark. You've got 1792, you've got Lux Row, you've got Heaven Hill, you've got Bardstown Distilling. You can't go wrong just being in that city to begin with. But Lux Row is definitely worth your stop. 
What about that hole in the wall diner we went to? Oh, that was good. that was fucking great. Oh, I had a pork loin sandwich. What did you have? A uh, burger, burger, firecracker like, burger. Yeah. Oh, and I had some wings. That was so good. Yeah, those are the best, man. There's just like hole in the wall places. Yeah. Yep. No, that was good too. Very inviting. Very friendly. What people. was the name of that place? You remember? I'd have to look it up again. I don't yeah, remember. Me too. I don't remember it either. But they were playing Tombstone on the TV. Yeah. It was. It was a good place. It was just like it almost felt like a truck, like a a biker or a truck bar. It reminded me of like like an Elks or a something like that, yeah, like yeah. a fraternal order place. Yeah, but it was good. Everything was cheap and it was tasty. Yeah, and she was very friendly. The girl, super and stuff. friendly. Yeah, it was nice. All right, so let's go ahead and end this. Uh, this was probably one of our shorter episodes lately, but we got through everything pretty yeah, quickly. Sorry about that. No, no, that's good. Our other ones were probably too long. <laughs> so uh, I am Dude Pool. Brett Bryan. And uh, we can be found on Instagram. You can find us on the Bourbon Hunters at uh, Instagram, bourbonhunters.com. And uh, I think that's about it. So thanks for joining us this week. We'll see you next week, probably with some details on the Middle West Spirits barrel pick we're about to make. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot. Thank you for joining in for yet another episode of The Bourbon Hunters. If you like what you hear, please leave us a good rating on Apple, Podbean, Google, or wherever you are listening. It definitely helps us to get great guests on our show. And follow us on Instagram and the Facebooks to keep up to date with what is in our glass. As always, sit back, grab a pour, kick up your feet, and enjoy some bourbon. Bourbon.